Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with John White, co-founder and CTO of Unlimited Viz, the makers of Tigra, also a dual Microsoft MVP and data platform at Office Apps and Services. And we're talking about Microsoft Viva and specifically Viva Insights and the state of Viva and where things are going. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture within modern work. My guest today is John White, the CTO of Unlimited Viz, the makers of Tigraph, which is an analytics solution if you're not familiar with them. He's also a dual Microsoft MVP and data platform and office apps and services. Welcome, John. Oh, should I also say semi-pro photographer and diver? <laughs> My my wife is a semi-pro photographer. I'm just a hobbyist, but yes, I'm definitely a diver for sure. It's Thanks very blurred, much, Christian. <laughs> so I, I'm of the. Uh, it's such a blurred line between the hobbyist and the professional for a lot of it. I mean, when you see it side by side and you go to galleries, hey, there's no mistaking those who are the pros and the quality of what they can do. But you you take some beautiful photographs. You, Thank you. you share a lot of that stuff. I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm driving through the uh, massive number of pictures. We just got back from Africa uh, about three weeks ago, and uh, I'm still going through my first pass on all the pictures. So it takes a little while. How was that traveling? I mean, the traveling itself, getting there and getting home. How was that experience? It was a lot easier than you might think. I mean, with the added headache of having to do all these tests. Uh, uh, and they don't necessarily seem like they make a whole lot of sense, you know. <laughs> but yeah. uh what it is you, you gotta you gotta pass the gates to to get through but uh, it was no it was no problem there was no well, very there. very envious of you to go to go down that part of the world I, I love it for those that haven't been uh down to that part of the world i mean i've been several times down to south africa and i have driven done road trips all over that country it is so beautiful uh down we're in, there. We're in tanzania and it was yeah and i've been to south africa as well i i love africa it's 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 wonderful yeah, yeah it's amazing well excellent well the topic today so we're talking about, I was, I was kind of struggling on you know how, how to focus this, but we'll cover multiple areas. But around Microsoft Viva, like what it is, what it is today, what the vision for it is. But I think this this kind of, uh, uh, my, my interest in this, this topic, well, it's from a few different angles, but there was recent news of the personal insights being rolled into. So the Cortana driven, like daily mm -hmm. updates and all like that side of what Microsoft had already been providing into what is now Viva Insights and what's happening there. So John, maybe you could start us off, kick us off, like talk about like what is Microsoft Viva hmm. and yep. what is it today? So yeah. at, at, at a high level, I think it, it's it, a good way to look at it is that I think Viva is, at least, I don't know if it's the first example of, but it's certainly an early example of Microsoft wanting to pivot away from workloads and move more toward a role-based product. So this is supposed to represent the employee experience. It's all around what the what the employee sees. And to that end, they've taken predominantly a suite of products that they've already had and put them together in a uh, single package, if you will, um, with the exception, of course, of uh, the topics module, which is the the outcome of the SharePoint Cortex product, the um, 
the ability to tag uh, topics across uh, across the organization. Which there's That's, a, I mean, there's a lot of meat happening within each of the four areas, but I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much interest uh, in that side on the SharePoint side. Of course, we've known about that for years. I, yeah. I was kind of surprised by suddenly the rebranding, the packaging of Viva and move of some of these solutions mm-hmm. over under the, under the brand, but. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's half SharePoint, right? I mean, um, connections is really uh, surfacing SharePoint pages, right? Uh, Share, yeah, that uh, was the the SharePoint homepage, which they had been talking about for a couple of years. I mean, I, I'm I'm oversimplifying it, but that is that is that's fundamentally what's what's going on there. And then topics is a is a is a SharePoint initiative under the hood. And you know, I've not heard them say it, but uh, ultimately, I would expect it to replace managed metadata. Right? That's that's going to be your new way of um, tagging metadata. Was SharePoint kind of moving to more of an infrastructural component uh, of the entire Microsoft 365 stack? Which is not to say, I mean, intranet's still out there, still a big deal. Do you not like that phrasing? No, I'm not 100%. So what's funny, I mean, you and I are both old SharePoint people. Oh, I'm certainly old. Um, but, (laughs) But, you know, SharePoint, I think the challenge with SharePoint was always, you know, we understood what the value of it. Look at all this stuff that's there. Look at all this stuff that's there. And it was just always difficult to get it in front of people. Yeah. Um, I don't well, know that. that yeah, now you're right. You're right. It is, has become infrastructural. I mean, the, it's the file storage system for Teams. It's the file storage system for all of Microsoft 365. That's that's how content is stored now. And it's great at doing it. And it's become a little bit invisible from that standpoint. But we're using it. I mean, it, right. it, it, yeah. it, 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 it's there. It's not in your face. But what is now in your face with Viva Connections is is the is SharePoint Pages, which right. I don't think we're ever that widely deployed. I mean, there, you know, every attempt at a corporate internet was talking about how the site should be structured, and then it would bog down, and then you worry about having to style it with the pixels being over here. And well, this gets well, right straight to the business value. Well, that, that, that's the funny thing is that we had this complaint for years and years and years about how ugly SharePoint was. I mean, what what drew me to the for those that you know, didn't work within the intranet portal building world. That was my entrance into it. I came from project portfolio management and intranets and I had a, you know, knew about SharePoint, had looked at it, poked at it, wasn't thrilled with it, went and did a very large customer deployment. Uh, They wanted project server, but also SharePoint project server never worked. It Mm -hmm. it didn't, didn't solve anybody's needs. And then, uh, but SharePoint stuck, kind of got the bug for it, saw the vision of going and creating that core infrastructure for collaboration, the pieces that need to be there for oh. document collaboration around that. And I kind of cut the vision of what it could be and where, where it could go. Um, that So that's always been true. But I think where SharePoint got bogged down in was the, it's the answer for any question. Everything the, to everyone. Right. It's the Swiss army knife. And there was a you know, talking with Jeff Teeper when he came back into the role and took over mm-hmm. SharePoint again, um, disappeared for a couple of years and came back. Um, when he took that back over, we sat down, had a conversation. He he said, you know, one of the things about making it more beautiful and changing the user interface, and they've done tremendous work in that, but there was always still the demand or the, the request, kind of demanding from the community, uh, for a better interface into that. Teams has satisfied that that need for a lot if, of that. 
and not only that, I always thought it was odd. I mean, if you if you were an outsider, I mean, it, it kind of made sense to us, I suppose. But if you're an outsider looking in, and you signed up for Microsoft 365, Office 365 at the time, um, I sign up for it. Okay, where's the where's my starting page? Where do I go to start? Right. Yep. There wasn't one. There isn't. Well, there there is one now. It's Teams, and that really to me, Teams has got a nice chat. Okay, great. It's wonderful. It's a it's, it's a good chat, and that from a content standpoint, is what Teams is. But I think far, far, far more importantly is Teams gave you a main menu for Microsoft 365. End of story. It, 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 yep. that, it's that so that uh, you, could, you, could, you could be onboarded. You wouldn't have to engage a consulting company for six months to figure out how to cor- uh, add your corporate brand to it because you can't really brand it. I mean, this is right. it's, yeah. it's, it's the minimal. way it works. And, there was yeah, and, it, and it gives you an entry point into yeah. all of these different Office 365, Microsoft 365 services, 75% of which are SharePoint. Right. Well, that that's the thing. And 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 so so here we get this daily interaction. So we had the internet component, and we were trying to force fit different employee experiences into mm-hmm. SharePoint. And often organizations would break it and they break it on the branding. I think the people overestimated the true value of the oh, branding. Yeah. It, there is importance to having branding I, in the look and feel, but hang on. I think I have, I've got one here. I have the understatement of the year award. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. People Just, overestimated the value of their own branding. Yeah. Oh man, that is, yeah. that is, that is now, right there. Yep. Now, having said that, there's a whole different discussion on what it's like working within a cluttered UX versus a clean design, just like w- living in a clean and organized house versus living in a hoarder's nest mm-hmm. you know, and, and the productivity that you have there. Um, I'm not saying hoarders can't be product- productive, so please do not write letters to me, the four of you who are <laughs> hoarders who believe that they're productive. No, but uh, so... With all that, we had this this great day-to-day working interface, and we also had our intranet. Uh, then people started asking, like, but hey, I, I want chocolate with my peanut butter, and I want peanut butter with my chocolate. Why, you know, and that was the promise of the SharePoint homepage, you know, that you would then have inserted in. And so there we, we heard about it, and I believe that the at the uh, it was one of the in-person MVP summits. There was cheering when we saw some of the early views of the vision for the SharePoint homepage and be able to have that and, and develop that. Think about that. I log in. Which I think part of which is because it's prescriptive. Yeah. You don't have to figure out what it should be ahead of time. They, they have said, here's 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 what it is. Here's what we think is important, and here's what the system's gonna. You know, that's not gonna work for everybody, but it. You know, that's going to work for a lot of the cases. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's and that's the beauty, the beauty of it. You you can go in now and you can consume all these things out of the box, have it highly functional. It's, you know, good looking products. So you have oh. a lot of those different pieces. If you have a formal intranet, you can have that with sure. Viva Connections right there, built in, integrated in. Um, so you can create that experience. You can be very prescriptive about in the creation of, like we have at AppPoint, there is a provisioning yep. process. We have a tool in the front end where you request it to make sure the permissions are set up, what the usage, what the naming conventions are, the types of components that are available, made available within the team uh, that you're creating or the or the team site within the intranet. So it it's very functional for us. And don't forget, I mean, this thing has got to work for companies that are three people, and it's got to work for companies that are 500,000 people. 
And that right. was a problem with SharePoint. That yep. was a huge Everything problem with everywhere. SharePoint. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it seems like all of the marketing, the messaging was all focused on the enterprise. Well, guess who's paying most of the money? Well, but, yeah, of, but, of course. But, 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 you know, you look at the long tail of anything and, you know, there's a lot of value to be had down at the, down at the short part of that curve, but it sure. goes on forever. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that this can appeal, you can, you can have something like this that has this kind of extensibility. I, I mean, it adds to the, you know, if I'm, if I'm the Microsoft 365, I'm, yeah, of course I want to, I want to have all of this stuff. I, I want to have it be everything never. So you think of it like a, a 50 person organization looking at Viva. I, I think hmm. connections is something that maybe you don't even have an intranet because Teams right. becomes your intranet. But if yes. you have, because the size of an organization does not determine the complexity of the environmental needs and, and the pieces that you have out there. But if you have an intranet, a SharePoint based intranet, you can have that integration and connections can help provide that. Uh, right. And as the organization grows, but there's, again, you can be 25 people, you can be 25,000 people, 250,000 people and find utility in that capability topics. I would argue a smaller organization, again, it, it, they can have a complex environment. Topics would be a lot less useful for a smaller organization. Yeah. And I think you find, so one of the, I think, confusing parts of Viva is that the four, the, the four basic components, two of which have additional charges and two of which are included in Microsoft 365, unless that's changed recently, but I think that remains the case. And that's one of the ones that- uh, yeah, that As has, of this recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, Topics is one of the ones that has an additional charge to it. So, and and it, you know, it does make sense if that that's going to have value to larger organizations. So I think that's part of the logic of having that, that, that extra charge attached to that one. Yeah. Well, so I could see like, uh, Hey, my daughter's company, so healthcare services company, they've got mm-hmm. a couple hundred employees, but yeah. I see where having topics employed because of the volume of content, yeah. the complexity of that and the projects and the clients and the services that they provide, having that kind of deep, cross-referencing, uh, you know, uh, structure to their data, I mean, makes perfect sense. Yep, it does. And and and, and that basically means we're into a more value-based pricing model, right? Yeah. It's, it's you're, you're paying for the value you're getting out of it. So, yeah, but you don't, the, the important part here is they're just burdening um, the regular users of Microsoft 365, you know, basically spreading that cost about around, around the, the whole board because a lot of people may not be able to find the value in it. Right. And then you have, and the learning one, I think, is also kind of, uh, uh, you know, self-evident of the value there. More organizations, I think, need to be mm-hmm. paying more closely to uh, attention to the the learning paths for their employees and provide that. If you, I don't know, have that crazy idea of retaining employees that you well, provide some of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, this has, this this speaks to the whole employee well-being aspect of of the of the product. And you know, here's here's the first time where we've well, you could argue workplace analytics has had had a lot of that. Well, this Viva is <laughs> includes workplace analytics, so there you have it. But it it's 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 putting a little bit of meat on that on the promises of uh, uh, employee well-being. We're actually got something here to the. Ideally, it's demonstrable um, that we're we're paying attention to that. Uh, so promoting learning, of course, yeah, that that helps with employee retention. It's going to pl- uh, hopefully help with employee satisfaction if they're always challenged, if they're always learning new things. 
Now, of course, then we have the fourth solution, which is really the meat of what we want to talk about and the, the mm. most recent change. So what was the change? What does it actually mean with the like the personal data, the, the personal analytics capability becoming part of insights? What, what does that mean? You know that daily email you used to get from Cortana that yeah. gave you the summary of the day? Now you get it from Viva. <laughs> Should we have like the little ta-da music or something? <laughs> you know? It's kind of that. It, it, yeah. It's kind of that. You've got a little uh, a place you can log in. What it what it is at the end of the day, it's an analysis of your calendar, uh, and yeah. it's and it's giving you it's giving you some results. This is the personal side versus at the workplace analytics side, which is you know the org and the depersonalized. You know your employees are doing X, etc. Uh, you know they're spending this much time, but all of it is an is an analysis of your calendar. Um, so you're spending too much time in meetings. Do you want to block some personal time off? Um, that's that's the that's the sort of thing it's, it's bringing to the table. You know, I, and I'm I'm not trying to go sideways on the topic here, but is there any relation that you understand between the launch of the Work Lab blog and podcast to the launch of Viva? Um, being unaware of the Work Lab blog and podcast. Oh well, well there. Comment. Well. <laughs> Come on, John, you need to go take a look at it. Spataro okay. talks a lot about it. it. So it is a, so that if, for folks that don't know, there's the Work Lab blog and now new podcast, which is even newer, is a new Microsoft uh, uh, site, a, a, a blog that is diving into the story behind the release of some projects. And, and so the research that went into um, so like we, we've heard about like all the product telemetry that's being done and how mm -hmm. Microsoft a few years back started hiring this wave of uh, data analysts uh, for every aspect of the business. And it's which is, by the way, one of the fastest growing areas for for job opportunities across every industry is data analysis. So, you know, mm -hmm. hey, if you, yeah, yeah, it's uh, I've got two of my kids learning Power BI and I. Is that uh, right? Yes, yeah, very, very much that's, so. My, uh, my, my two STEM kids are very. In fact, my, my son, uh, I was trying to get him to do a minor. I've got STEM kids. You have STEM kids, is that right? Yes, STEM <laughs> kids. That's right. So my son, who's uh, at the University of Utah, he's in the. Uh, his program is uh, his Bachelor of Science in Atmospheric Sciences. Mm -hmm. I was pushing him to do a computer science minor, and he, and specifically in data science, because he, he's, he's one of those freaks of nature of, uh, you know, 4.0 or whatever higher GPA he has above that, um, speaks a couple languages, uh, is musically gifted, just has the brain for math and language and music, that that kind of person. Uh, it, and I'll also point out my only unmarried child, <laughs> the pretty one, but, you know, look, Love Nick a lot, but he, uh, so he's learning Python and he is, he's, he has two classes that are over in the data science side where it's him and grad students and that's it. So he, he's surrounded yeah. by it. Like nobody that it's at his level is kind of getting in this area. And he's now, he's like, dad, I think it was a mistake to not have done a minor and focus on this stuff. He sees it now. And I'm like, Hey, plural site courses. Yeah, uh, like I could get you plugged in, he, you know, to and, all of. And I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if, if I'm not sure what his what his major is, but um, At atmospheric uh, sciences. 
He, okay, we call so him that's... we call him Weather Boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, 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 that's almost tangential for him then. But uh, yeah. But uh, I and there is yeah. I mean, there's there's obviously always going to be data as we have more and more data. We're going to have more and more need for data scientists for sure. But what I think we have a uh, a dearth of or, or going to be having more of a dearth of is people who can trans who can talk to the data scientist and who can talk to the business. We've always had that with tech, right? How can we use better use tech to advance you know business value? Um, and Power BI as a tool is trying to fit in that space, right? So, but it, it it's you know how do we interpret the data? Uh, it, um, we had uh, a couple of a uh, uh, couple of episodes of our podcast, uh, Bifocal Podcast. We had Mike Fitzmorris on there for our two hundredth, just because because it was fun. And but, and I just quoted him in a blog post yesterday. Right? So yeah, he. Uh, he he is he is fond of uh, of complaining that the data is too accessible or or it gets put in the hands of the wrong people and they don't know how to interpret it properly and that's that's what I'm getting at is we're going to need uh, better tools or better awareness of how to properly interpret data now that we have it all we've got the tools that can yeah. crunch it all we can see all of these things we can build models knowing what to build is part of that in terms of right. models but in terms of interpreting what those results mean. Um, you know, certainly, we've, everybody's gotten familiar with numbers since COVID, right? We're all watching case counts, and what, what does all this mean? That's the sort of thing I'm talking about. What yeah. does all this stuff mean? Being able to come to accurate well, conclusions. Well, that, and that I think gets right to the point of the vision of what I think Viva is, and people that uh, don't uh, understand that or skip past that point. It's and that really goes back to this, why I brought up like historically my my background in project and portfolio management. It wasn't about the day to day task management, that, that kind of tracking. Look, there's so many different options and tools that are out there. And there's a reason why no one owns this. There are, okay. there are, but nobody owns the space. But what okay. companies wanted was not so much about the day-to-day -day tracking of that, but looking at the patterns over time. What do we learn from that? If we go into a, like what initiatives should we do and what will be the impact to reduce our time to delivery, you know, to reduce the amount of rework that needs to happen, to lower our costs, to increase our efficiencies, to deliver quickly, more quickly around that. Now that was project and portfolio management. Mm -hmm. Now looking at much more complex systems mm -hmm. around collaboration, information management, all of the transactional systems, all of the unstructured data, petabytes of unstructured mm -hmm. data in the typical medium-sized organization. Like some companies, petabytes per month being created. Mm -hmm. And how do we now consume that and learn from our data? Well, I think we're getting a handle on, from a technical standpoint, consuming it. Um, we're getting a handle on what is it, um, I think, what we're what we're needing to build and what we're doing, like you say with Viva, I think there's some rudimentary attempts to start at what does it mean. So in terms of having you know to to pour through all this stuff, that's what you, you know if you look at the the personal analytics, what does it mean? It looks through all your calendar items and gives you John, an answer. It doesn't make uh, sorry, you look. I'm chuckling. Sorry to interrupt. I'm just chuckling yeah. because we we have the answer. It is 42. But yeah. so now. Be so maybe that's okay, a blog okay. post because beyond because you 42. Said that, because you said that, I have to rant. Okay. It's <laughs> not right. really a rant. I have a blog post that's about three or four years old now. And the rant is 
the misuse of the term analytics. Because people see a chart and they refer to it as analytics, analytics, analytics. And what, in a lot of cases, this stuff is, is reporting. And this yeah. gets down to the tooling you're going to need to use. That's really I, I why refer, I care. I refer to that as data visualization. That's yep, a fancy that's, way that's, of saying yeah, the presentation of data. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody's going to call these things reports, but there's going to be a difference between reports, reporting and analytical reporting. And the difference between reporting and analytics in my blog post, it says the difference between reporting and analytics is 42. Now, the reason <laughs> you, know, you think about what's behind that, right? If you, you know, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the uh, Galaxy story, yeah. there was there was a, a world of beings that wanted um, the answer to the life, the universe, and everything, and they they asked the uh, computer that, and it chunked away for generations and generations and generations, and finally came up with the answer, and the answer was 42. And they looked at each other and said, I don't understand what that means. And the computer said, well, you didn't really ask a very good question, right? And, 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 right? and when you think about it, reporting is if you ask the question, you just need an answer. Great, that's reporting. Analytics is okay. Forty-two. Well, what's that really mean? You have to dig into it. That's that's what analytics is. So, so that when are, when are we going to start stop referring to analytics as a science and recognize that it truly is an art? Yeah, that's that's a, that's an interesting question. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's 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 true. To, to a degree. I mean, the important thing, you know, an analytics is being able to find patterns in your data and you have to have well-structured data to be able to do that. And you have to have the appropriate tooling to it. So if you look at, say, um, you, you look at the usage reports that are available, say, in the, in the office, in the Microsoft 365 portal, those are reports. They are not analytics. They show you what the number is. And if you need to know more about that, well, you need, you're going to need to find a third-party product. <laughs> well, <laughs> like but I was... But, I always refer to it, but it's so much more about informing the thinking process. It's it's not very often like provides the answer, and I think that but it, it, that's valuable if you know if you already had the question. If that correct. was your question, having correct. the answer is extremely valuable. But if that's the answer to a question you don't really care about, it's not worth a thing. But to see the mistake that is made a lot, and again, the the lack of true analysis that happens is that people will look at a spreadsheet, they'll look at you know data, and and they'll and they'll look at it in that slice of time, and they'll say, well, then there's the answer. It's like, well, no, that is at this point in time. Right. If you have the right data, if it was organized, cleaned up, looked at the right way. And if the right the question was correctly posed against that, but often you know, pe nobody does that that work. Nobody right. looks at that through that those those lenses, and to understand that, I would always say that, and this is my naive uh, you know, approach to this, but I would always uh, advise people on too is like, look, it's a that's data that analysis that rudimentary analysis that's done, but the data that you have in front of you, it's a point in time, a slice point in time, it should inform you. It's not the answer, but it's it will help you to be directionally correct on the you know, the, de the decisions you have to make. It's but, less, any point of time is less important of adding up all those points in time and looking at the trends and looking at how it's moving forward or backwards. Yeah. And I think you, 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 you pretty much nailed it. I would add to it. I mean, your, your data has to be complete. Are you telling the whole story, mm -hmm. right? Are you picking, you know, it's easy 
Now, you, you, all of this is this is true. You can blunder into stuff. That's fine. But you could also, you know, the classic. I, I'm I'm an engineer, so I have got all that training in behind me. But the classic, you know, you <laughs> draw the line, then plot the points. Right, biasing and choosing only the the measures that will help support your argument, and that you gotta you gotta guard against that sort of thing as well. So you, it, it just because there's a, there's a chart on a visual, that doesn't mean uh, your conclusion is a correct. Is, right. is correct. That's what I'm trying to get at. Right. So, I mean, w there's just so much to think about and go out there. That's, and, uh, you know, look, I semi-joke when I say it's, it's not science, it's an art. I mean, there's a lot of art into it. I think that... that oh, that's true. You have to know what to pick. You have to get... Uh, yeah. I mean, it, 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 you have to understand how the, the how the data relates. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, said I would always... So, being, uh, you know... I consider myself kind of an artsy guy. I my, my original major I did for three years was industrial design. And so I, I painted a lot and sculpted. I, I, you know, but I did design. Oh, I was, was, was going to do like a uh, product design, you know, uh, <laughs> Yo, yeah. Yeah. like that side of it. And honestly, I, the, the reason I dropped out of that, the number one reason is because I, at the time was doing advertising design for uh, two student newspapers, the official on campus and the official off campus at uh, Brigham Young University. And I was doing ad design for both of those and was working on computers and doing graphic design, that kind of stuff. And I was so fed up by spending 10 to 20 hours on a single drawing, technical drawing. And I just had no patience for that. And I started doing the computer. And uh, so I dropped out of the program, changed majors and switched over to marketing and kind of the rest is history. But I went back like two years later and visited the old the program chair for the design department and some of my old professors and every classroom was lined with computers. I was, I was angry. They completely <laughs> computerized the year after I left the program. But anyway, was off. Uh, yeah. that, that's all fine. But so with, with all of that is that there's, um, you know, getting back to that there's so much that is uh, you know, being thrown at us. I mean, obviously with the rate of uh, the pace of change, the, the number of features uh, the number of new products and services and options that are out there and all the data that's behind all of those different things. One of my first thoughts with the announcement of Viva, I said, okay, hey, there's a, there's a real effort underway here for Microsoft to help its partners and customers to gather this information and make sense of yep. all those things to kind of move it into. Yeah. yeah. So again, I was talking about pivoting to uh, something that a product that's more role-based than opposed to feature-based, right? So, Roll up yeah. those features from across a product suite. It doesn't really matter because you're buying the, so the whole suite all the time anyway, right? That's that's the reality of it. So we know we have all these things. How should we package to appeal to a X? Now this is like an information worker. Okay, that's still still quite broad when you think about it, right? So, but, so what is in what is in the current Viva Insights offering today? I mean, what's actually there? It's it's the workplace analytics. The the that that it's the it's the count. Okay, so it's a couple of things actually. I shouldn't, do, but from an analytical standpoint, it's it's they're crunching your calendar, right? So they're having a look in your calendar to see how, you know how many hours you're spending work or. I want to make the distinction. They're showing you how many hours you've planned to spend for work, right? If, <laughs> right, right. It's your calendar, right? So whatever you put in your calendar is is what gets reflected. It gives you tools to help block things off. It gives you advice for doing so. Um, 
it gives you, there's a survey tool, how do you feel today? And then it's going to tell you how you feel over time. Okay. And yeah. then there's a uh, headspace is, uh, is baked in there. So you can go and get headspace meditation. So that's, that's, that's what's put together in the insights Which, tool. And the problem with, with any of that stuff, I mean, headspace is a great example for those that aren't familiar with it. So it's the, it's the like well being. it's a third party. Is it third party? Did Microsoft acquire it? Them? Is, it is a third party. I don't okay. think they've acquired them. I th I'm not sure what the agreement but is. They but they've partnered with it closely. Within the product, so it's pretty yeah. clearly. So it's it's really nice about that because there's a, hey, there's a lot to that of the scheduling, blocking out time to uh, to, to get work done, to um, get yourself so organized in your daily cadence that you are taking time to just sit with the technology off and just yep. breathe and kind of center yourself. And you may not buy into that and things like, but will you do it just a couple times and do like the deep breath, the techniques and all that kind of stuff? Like it, it's amazing, but well, just like anything else within analytics, you can have that blocked out in your schedule, whether people are actually doing it or not. Right. That, 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 that's, that's, my, that's my concern. Um, I think what's interesting though, is by adopting it, by rolling it out, by using it, you're kind of giving your employees permission to do that mm. and it's explicit and it's, it's systematic, right? As opposed to people say, Oh yeah, well, you should take some time. Now you've got a system that's saying, Hey, you should take some time. Hey, do you want to take some time? Just click this button. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what you're, that's what you're getting. And that's gonna ideally, I mean, I mean, you see this with devs. Uh, I used to see it cause I used to be productive. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, you get no, into a flow. John, John, you, not since I've known you. So come on. No, no, no. I just, <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> um, but you get into a flow and, and interruptions are expensive. Um, but if you don't have that time blocked off, say, in your calendar to go and study something, to learn something, to work on something, to build a proof of concept of something, you just never get around to doing it. The, the urgent becomes the enemy of the important every single time. And nothing, you never get to advance. So, you know, this whole, hey, you should take some time for yourself. And I don't mean time for yourself means going out to the spa, although that could, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, go go take some time to go learn something new, to go experiment somewhere and find something out that you never know. There may not have immediate value, but, you know, in, in six months, some problem may arise and you'll, you'll go, hey, I got something that might solve that. So, I mean, it, 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 it's... It's an it's interesting for me, and I'm 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 you know I'm old and jaded, so you know I, I'm surprised that I see the corporate world embracing this. I'm not entirely sure that it has, for real. I think a lot are playing lip service to it, but I, I think the idea I think is 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 really good. Well, two things. First, if Microsoft or my company uh, would like to uh, fund the effort to look at the productivity improvements of providing paid for two hour daily massages. I'm willing to do that study and participate. I will make time in my schedule for that. Do you need volunteers? Because I think, I just, I think you, know, you need to be statistically significant. You gotta have at least 50 people. I know, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, the, the, yeah. the other side of that is, uh, but, I, but I think you're right, whether or not people today are going and actually, you know, are blocking out the time and 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 doing that. Like I have different reminders. I have things that are set daily reminders on my phone. I do them sometimes. 
um, to, to go in and do. It's just, it's like exercise, you know, like I, I do it sometimes when I'm able to go and do that. Uh, walking the dog at least an hour a day, split it between the multiple walks. Like that happens because the dog is here in front of me. That's a very good physical yeah. reminder yeah. with, with, with built-in notification. But the point is that is so if I if you have that if you're tracking that as a company as an organization you're tracking that people have that time scheduled and then you have the meeting you have a view into without looking into data and personal data but you have a general sense of what percentage of our employees time is being spent in meetings and it's and how they planned to being spent correct correct meetings. right right well that that's the point well it's the same with you think of like project management tasks. Like we have these things assigned and one of the, here's the, the problem with project management task tracking is the same problem that we're discussing is that you have the work breakdown structure. You have all these tasks that are aligned and all the dependencies that are set up and you say, well, uh, as I'm following up as a, as a PM, uh, you know, in the, in the old days, chasing people for updates on that. It's like, well, that's completed. Okay. Well, how long did I, did it take? How long did I say it would take? 10 hours. Yeah, it took about 12 hours. Okay, yeah. Based on what? Whatever. And You're totally biasing yourself. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, but that's the data that you have, the work breakdown structure, where as, as people, you start learning from that. And I'll add in and so we've got the task activities, you've got meetings, you have the well-being things that people are at least scheduling. You also have the learning paths and whether they're completing different trainings, the mm -hmm. things that are open, like go take whatever you want in these areas. But there are some companies that says like you are behind on your training hours. You need to make time to go in and, and do this. And they're, they're pushing people to go take that time versus like yeah. I worked at a company where we had X number of training dollars per employee and I made the mistake of using the approved annual training dollars and went and took that I was supposed to be able to use on things that I thought were important. And I was uh, criticized for having gone and taken classes in things that were sure. not relevant. So again, if they're, if, it, if, just, if just don't add, feel I mean, safe safe in doing those things and, yeah. and learning expanding that's it and that's that's kind of my point about this is this is giving um explicit permission as opposed to you know tacit permission uh for doing that i mean you made made the joke about you know this the 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 effect of a, a two-hour massage every day on productivity i don't know that two hours a day is going to increase it but you know maybe two oh, hours a month or two hours a show, week or one hour a week the data that's, john, well, I, that's the thing i suspect it actually would but that's i don't why, have the data right? i believe in yeah. science john so yeah, i yeah. want the yeah. data <laughs> yeah well I, I i we need the study to do that so i agree with you 100 percent. We'll, we'll apply for government funding they're giving out money for everything else that's stupid. the problem is the people who participate in the study can't know what the study is about if it's to be valid so i'm out uh, unfortunately uh, well, <laughs> just don't tell me when you're doing it and i can i can be a part there you go <laughs> here's this coupon for daily free massages john hey, so, yeah yeah, it's uh, so so uh, specifically within the insight. So uh, again, going back to that question, like what mm -hmm. what is actually there? So that you've got those components. I was like, all right. So that wh where is it going? What else is happening around insights? Because that still seems to me like very very disjointed. 
It, I, I, I ultimately, you know, I think they want to bring all a bunch of things together, and this is what they have at the moment. This was workplace analytics. That's 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 what it did. Yeah. Um, from where I'll tell you where I, I, I don't know where the the, the planning the, their head is at from that product. So I got no visibility into the into the roadmap on it. But I can tell you what I'm interested in. I mean, what this is what we do is we tend to. We, we, I, I'm not going to make so bold a statement as that we measure productivity, although we measure uh, many of the items that could be defined as productivity. You have to make your own definition as to what productivity is. But we, we measure what people, this is why I'm, you know, I'm always making the distinction about what's planned versus what's done. Because right. yep. you know, after everything's said and done, more is said than is done, right? Um, but, so you know, and we look at what we, our product is measuring the outputs, the what people are actually doing. And what's interesting to me is uh, maybe maybe take the same sorts of signals instead of, so in the case of meetings, not what people plan, but what people actually did, what they spent. Because I can tell you exactly how many hours people are spending in various types of meetings, be they one-on-one, be they organized, be they in the channel, et cetera, et cetera, through the, through the data that comes out of Teams. Mm-hmm. So I'm... We're, we've got a Teams product. I wonder if we need a Teams page that shows you exactly the same sort of things that uh, that, that Viva does, only using um, using the construction scenario. We're using the as-built drawings versus the architectural drawings. Well, that that's interesting too. I mean, obviously, both of us, you know, for, are within the partner community, and one thing we always we joke about is, is like they're not there aren't gaps in products there that Microsoft builds and releases. They're they're opportunities. Yeah. I, it, so with the visuals, you have to have the the open hands, like opportunities yeah. presented yeah. to you. Uh, so there are opportunities out there. So, I mean, because you, you guys, your, your business is growing. You guys are doing very yeah. well and more people that are interested in the space, which, again, leads me to believe that people are interested in deeper insights and doing more analysis and better understanding what is happening, why why it's happening, and when they make a change, how does that impact that behavior? More and more and more and more. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's 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 of course gone crazy during the pandemic. And you hate to think, oh good, good great, there's a pandemic. That's not the case at all. But one of the things the pandemic uh, and working the whole shift to work from home is really what we're talking about here, right? Because yeah. I think the work from home shift needed to happen anyway. I think there are a lot of benefits to. Ha- I mean, I've been a big proponent. We are a we've been a virtual company our entire existence, sixteen yeah, years. That's not, pretty nothing, good. Nothing changed for me. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, was, it was it was exactly the same same here. But what's different is if you were a company that was used to figuring out not only what your employees were doing but how they were feeling mm-hmm. by walking around the office. Yeah. You're screwed. Yep. <laughs> you need tools now to determine. There's 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 Viva, right? There's the how am I feeling today? Yep. Now, my opinion is the problem with that is it requires someone to go and click on that button every day, and you get five options, and it's not exactly nuanced. But if you could come up with a way to measure that, what's it to do that? Of course, it's you have to figure out what are your indicators. What would indicate productivity? What would uh, indicate uh, the level of you know happy? You know, sentiment analysis is a good tool for for using that. It's in uh, measuring, you know, me- messages, et cetera, et cetera. See how that that shapes up. Now we've got a remote workforce that you're. It's not immediately obvious. You can't just walk around the office. But now you've got a report that's got some real numbers. 
whether or not they actually reflect the the the, the truth, they're they're they're, syst they're systematic, right? They are, you know, your numbers don't have to be exactly accurate, but they just have to be measured the same way over a period of time to spot trends. That's well, what I'm trying to say. They're directionally right. correct, is the term. Well, that's that's why I, I like if you think of it like in simplified terms. You think of the the uh, like the movie theater that has the buttons, like the positive yes. and negative buttons, and they're specifically looking for. Uh, and pollsters do this, for example, yeah. with speeches, where Those you push it as, been, as many times. Really yeah. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And you push it as many times as you want. You can just, it's it's kind yeah. of like the reactions. And when you're watching a webinar and you're able to do like the applause or the thumbs up, and yep. you could sit there hitting it, your know, smiley faces repeatedly. And then suddenly some, they say something you don't like and you do the down thumb, you know, the yep. thumbs down. And yeah, that that's fantastic data. That's that is a simplified version of uh, of why you want to uh, you know track this in some in some degree are we trending the right direction? sorry yeah. i don't want to cut off your yeah. point <laughs> but I, I, the, the only problem with that sort of day say if it's so if, it, if it's in a pollster situation and that you've got that thing in your hand right you're there to be able to provide that feedback so you're on top of that that's what you're doing mm -hmm. if you're in a meeting there's going to be a certain group of people that are predisposed to hitting that emoticon. And there's going to be another uh, group of people that think those things are ridiculous. Right. And they're not, you're not going to capture their opinion. So it's, it's valuable data, but you just have to take it in context as to how valuable it is. But I mean, I will say those who are wanting to provide that feedback are vocal about it. So they're going to be the they're going to be the loud ones. So they're the ones you're going to want to make sure are so, happy first of all. So John, is there like a friendlier, more um, you know, in the modern workplace, and uh, is there a friendlier version of like what they developed for Clockwork Orange, where you can <laughs> force people to provide their feedback? You got me. I'm just thinking of myself. <laughs> Because sometimes in meetings, I get so many of these online bloody meetings with two-dimensional people. I have to put toothpicks on my oh, eyes. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, no. Uh, so, John, there's nothing you need to do. So, here's the technique for staying awake with boring people in long meetings: is the your inner thigh, very sensitive skin, and you sit there and pinch yourself, and it hurts. You will be wide awake, which mm, is also I, a great. It's also a great technique if you're almost home after a long drive and you're falling asleep and sit there pinching your inner thigh as you drive, you will not fall asleep. Yep. You have yep, bruises yep. all I, over your legs, but yeah, sure. you'll be awake. I find the rumble strips are fairly effective too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, officer, I was intentionally riding along the rumble strip because it just helps me perk like up. It. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was I was listening to some uh, EDM and it was at the same beats per minute and as the rumble strips and it just made sense. I wanted that tactical uh, feeling to my music. So. Yeah, that, might uh, that tactile, I should say. Tactile, that's it. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, it's it's a I I know that we we can sit here and speculate of where they're going. What we have heard about Microsoft Viva is that there will be other offerings. There is a roadmap. Yep. There are other things. There's and no, we're John and I both MVPs. Uh, there's no other additional insight into that. They're Microsoft being very tight-lipped about it because they have a lot to work on with what they've already announced and what they already have out there. 
any anything that you're looking forward to or anything that's on the known roadmap? Um, it, with respect to Viva features, I don't have anything off the off the top of my head. I am interested in um, things like, uh, well, specifically in topics, right? I, now, mm -hmm. given what we do, um, topics will become a dimension of our analysis. So the extent to which yeah. that crosses over content, yeah. uh, we've already actually maybe, figured Maybe do a quick that. high level of what topics is. Topics is, is essentially, okay. Um, who's the audience? <laughs> topics yeah. is, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a mechanism for tagging content. That's really, at the end of the day, that's, that's the idea. So I can um, I can set uh, as an organization I could set a, a set of curated uh, topics. Uh, as a user, I should be able to add to that list. We had this in SharePoint years ago. As well, the we get taxonomy versus folksonomy, and be able to add yeah. in that if you're doing managing that correctly. But it, it, that's yeah. that's where you improve search the findability of content. This is a, just another new feature set available for that findability. Yeah, and then the, the killer part of this is once it gets trained on what content is what sort of a topic, it'll be able to provide suggestions. So you can yeah. add in a page, you can add in a document, and topics will say, hey, based on whatever you know, magic is behind the scenes with the AI, I think this is a particular topic. Is it? And the more you add the, the topics, the better the learning gets, et cetera, et cetera. It's really kind of killer. And it is being implemented across the board, and it is, I ultimately going to, I think, uh, replace the managed metadata service in, in yeah. SharePoint. We're seeing it, yeah. it's becoming part of Yammer today. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know that the, and I don't directly know the extent to which it's already uh, implemented in Teams, but it's certainly um, certainly a big uh, thing in SharePoint. It's, it's, it is, it you is know, at the end of the day, it's a SharePoint list. Uh, that's where that's where they're tracked, and that's how we're able to go and find out what the topics are. And we'll, we'll, we'll be able to do analyses on that. So that's my primary interest right at the moment from a, from a Viva standpoint. I know that, uh, yeah, so but in addition to topics, of course, you also have SharePoint syntax, so you have the ingestion. And so, again, other tools for for organizations that are have, uh, you know, information management requirements and, and massive amount of, of content and still still the, you know, the, the move to the cloud, the, you know, digitization of content and all of that. It's funny, you know, when I got into the SharePoint community back in 2005, one of the hottest areas was around like the scanning tech and OCR, mm -hmm. like the, the ingestion mm -hmm. of physical so, assets. Into... So I was doing it in 2001. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a, a scanning engine to yeah. automatically read invoices I'll, and put them... I'll go way back. So in, mm -hmm. in the early 90s, I was working for EDS. One of my projects was because uh, I, I owned a lot of the documentation that was in binders in beacons boxes at a storage facility was all of the you know the retention of the, the so yep. it, we made a change to a server and the documentation and i'd have to update it multiple places to go update and swap out pages and binders go find mm -hmm. it in a storage unit on a pallet that i had to get somebody in a forklift to go take down for me good times That's but really i helped that. move a lot of that over into i had a project uh, where we were uh, uh, using a, a, an HTML-based platform, but we were digitizing, imaging all of those things and mm -hmm. building out data. So you know, that was in 93, 94. Wow. And it was HTML. That's that's way early for HTML. It, it was, uh, well, I, so I don't know that it was HTML. It, the later version of what we yeah. used, we used uh, it was like Doc to help, I think. So yeah. that was like 94, 95. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, 
Go, going way back. So that's why I was just, I saw this stuff that was going on in the early 2000s, that it was still a big play. And when I got into SharePoint world, that was a big thing. Well, so now here we are, it's like you have SharePoint syntax. So help with the ingestion and classification of the data. You have topics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot yeah, of really cool things. read an invoice and pull out the invoice number and the client. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, we've been trying to do that for years. Yeah, little projects to go and do. So if people were wondering like what's happening in the knowledge management, information management space, like there's still a lot. Oh yeah. A lot that's going yeah. on. There's because, a lot of things we've tried to solve and never really done it that well. Yeah. Task management, frankly. <laughs> yeah. I well, I've got a blog series that I'm working on that where I'm going through talking about each of the different pieces. And you know, it's funny. I did my initial blog post on task management uh and got a lot of feedback of people that said essentially we've given up. Yeah. Like they're so they're frustrated with that. I'm gonna well, dig at, into that. Yeah, look look at the look at document management is, is something I think we've gotten. Yeah, SharePoint's I think gotten it. I think we're there. I, I don't think, and you know, it's kind of the only way to do. I mean, there's other products out there to do it, but it's it. We don't worry about document management anymore. Right? It's not well, a thing. Not as a separate product, right? As a uh, yeah. It's, it's so a well, so it, it depends on how you clarify how you differentiate document management from records management. Sure, for, but you know. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'm talking, just talking about version control and all of that. Correct. We've kind of, that's kind of. I think we're good. I think we're done there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did solve that is, problem. Correct. Yeah, it's become that's that, that's kind of the way I, we started out, where I kind of classify SharePoint as mm -hmm. infrastructural. That has just become mm -hmm. document management is yep. an expected feature from all these things. Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, very cool. Well, John, really appreciate your time going through. I don't know that we've uh, answered anybody's questions around uh, oh, no. the, uh, the path of it, but. No, no, we just, just, you know, no, no consultants wants the, wants the question answered. They just want you to sufficiently muddy the water. This, this is purely, uh, well, hey, it's a podcast. So we're, we're here for, uh, for entertainment purposes only. That's correct. <laughs> I find, I find that in my own. So <laughs> that's right. Well, John, hey, really entertainment. Appreciate, appreciate the time. And it, for folks that aren't familiar with uh, Tigraph, definitely go take a look at what uh, John's team has been doing. Just tygraph.com, Tigraph, you can find it out there. Lots of information um, put out there by Unlimited Viz. And John, uh, hopefully uh, we'll see each other soon. Yeah, well, that's always, I always look forward to it, sir. I don't know when we'll see each other in person. Probably Vegas at this point. I, I'll I, be in I, Vegas. Yeah, in December. We'll see you in Vegas. So that's that'll be a good one. We'll probably see you virtually before then. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take it easy. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. You can find us online at collabtalk.com as well as on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.